It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program, doing nothing but assertively working to protect your family, your assets, and you. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the general manager and blessed owner of KAAM Radio, and I'm sitting with my attorney, who should be your attorney, our estate planning attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing fine, thank you. It's good to hear your voice. On um, this late October, it's getting windy and cold out there finally, Mike. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think, with it, you know, to me, it used to be when you thought about Christmas was around Thanksgiving. That's when everybody started thinking about things. But now, with it's, the weather turning a little bit, uh, the fact that um, uh, all of a sudden uh, people are already putting out Christmas stuff, I see already. I think people start planning before Halloween. And I think they even start planning. Before you know, they'll be start planning on the Fourth of July for Christmas. But. Exactly, that's a little early, but um, <laughs> the holidays are in the air. That is for sure. And the good thing about it is that the weather may be cold and windy, but Mike surely isn't. He never has been in the many years we've been doing this program. I've lost count of the number of years, six or seven, and uh, this program will be no exception. And Michael, you wanted to talk today uh, about the issues of gifting and transfer planning for the audience. Yeah, I mean, with Christmas around the corner, uh, I thought that this might be appropriate because of the different, and because some clients have asked me uh, recently about half a loaf gifting, and so uh, I thought that might be an interesting topic because uh, gifting or transfer planning uh, is different in different areas of law, and so I thought I should, uh, that people might find it of interest. Sure. What is that word or phrase, half a loaf, would you call it? Half a loaf. What does that mean? Well, in the Medicaid world, it, you have to have it's means tested. In other words, you look at uh, how much assets that a person has that are accountable. And so there's a planning technique called half a loaf where you could save half the money uh, by doing transfer planning. Wow. Okay. Interesting. We'll get into that. I mean, I don't know if you want me to go into that first. I guess I will. Uh, it's well, up to I you. I think I would like to talk a little bit about general gift-giving before we do that, just because um, you have to know the federal tax laws in addition to public benefits before you, you have to look before you leap. Excellent. So, um, let's kind of talk about that first. Uh, as many people know, you could give away some money, $15,000 a year per person, without reporting to the IRS. So enough, it used to be 10000 then it went up to 11, 12, 13, 14, and now it's been 15 for a few years. Uh, and so you give away 15000 without any reporting. So let's say uh, there's a husband and wife and they have three kids. Well, if 
they each gave 15000 to three kids. That's $90,000. 45 from one, 45 from the other, 15, 15, 15. Uh, so uh, you can give away, in that case, uh, $90,000 without reporting to the IRS. Mm-hmm. Now, if you give away more than 15000 then it's the duty of the person who made the gift, the donor, to report to the IRS because there's a thing called gift taxes. Most people think that the one who receives the gift is the one who's responsible for paying the gift tax, but it's actually the other way around. The one who makes the gift is the one that's responsible for paying the tax on the excess over the limit. However, it should be noted that just because you give more than the limit doesn't mean that you're going to have necessarily a gift tax due because you're able to give what you give at death during your lifetime. It's unified at the present time. In other words, let's say somebody had wanted to give a million and fifteen thousand dollars to a child. Well, they would have to report the million dollar of excess over the limit, and that would be taken off in effect from what you could give at death. Right now, that's eleven point seven million dollars. So technically, somebody give away eleven million dollars and not even have to pay a gift tax. Okay. Wow. Now that, yeah, that sounds pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before you do that, I'm sure that most listeners have eleven million dollars to give, but in case they don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most people don't have that large of an estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in the reason for a gift tax, by the way, is that a long time ago uh, there may have been an estate tax, but there was no gift tax, and mm-hmm. so well-to-do people to have the money continue to grow for the next generation instead of paying estate taxes, they gave away money. So mm-hmm. then uh, then there was, of course, the laws. The Rockefellers of the world uh, at that time, um, you know, they, they changed the law so they wouldn't continue to make that type of transfer planning so that wealth would stay within the family. There's still, I should mention, that there's still lots of different things that uh, state planners do on different transfer planning, different types of trust to uh, pass wealth on to the next generation. So I'm not going to go into great detail about that today unless we have the time. But really just realize that's one of the things that, um, you know, some people were talking about maybe limiting, uh, as we speak, uh, the amount that you give away. So one of the proposals, which I don't know that they're going to change, it seems like a lot of the things that were initially proposed uh, may not be in the final bill, Whatever that may be, and I'm, uh, this may come up, you know, come about very shortly um, as to what all's in these bills that are being proposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was talk at one time of reducing that 11.7 million that you could give away at either at death or during your lifetime uh, to one million dollars. Still, most people don't give away a million dollars in a year, uh, but technically that was one of the proposals to help pay for the different. Uh, things that we have a deficit for, for infrastructure, the pandemic, et cetera. I so, appreciate that. And when, when we do one of these future programs, we should talk about what's going to be in that uh, new bill that uh, President Biden is trying to spearhead and convince the uh, Democrats and Republicans to agree to, because it seems like there's some ominous concerns in there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. you know, a lot of the different proposals uh, that were originally made have been scrapped. Mm-hmm. So, We'll just have to see what the final final thing will be, and that should could come about any day now. 
Okay. The devil's in the details, like we know. So, so go ahead. Please continue about the gifting. Yeah, so, so you can give away $15,000 a year per person. Now, one of the other proposals, by the way, was to limit that, to reduce that from 15 to 10, and have give away no more than 50000 in a year from one individual. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that's a difference as well. Uh, again, uh, this is just a, that just was a proposal, but I don't know that that would uh, see the light of day. Okay. Um, anyway, so, but you've got to be careful when you make gifts, uh, because uh, the, you know, when you do, uh, you, the donee, the one who receives the gift, takes the basis of the donor. Okay, so let's say I had some stock. Uh, let's say you had Google stock that you uh, bought for $1,000, and it's now worth $5,000. dollars hmm well, if I gave that stock to the ch- a child, um, then the uh, then the child, if they sold that Google stock for uh, five thousand dollars, then they would have to pay capital gains tax on the appreciation on that four thousand dollar appreciation. Uh, if that person, the donor, waited until they passed to give it to the child, then there's what's called a step up. In other words, they would get the value as of the date of death as opposed to the value uh, if it had been gifted at during lifetime. So if somebody was older and they wanted to have, uh, they may, and something that was highly appreciated, they uh, may want to do that, uh, wait and keep that appreciated asset uh, in their estate if they do not have estate taxes anyway. And assuming that they don't change any laws, Mm-hmm. Regarding that too, because at one time there was a proposal to eliminate the step up as well, uh, but I don't think that will see the light of day. Okay, well it's good to know you don't think that. That's related to capital gains. Yeah, well, I mean, there's all they were talking about the possibility if you had more than a million dollar gain in a year. Right. It's on, it, it, and that I guess it's possible. Uh, I, we'll just have to wait and see on these different proposals uh, because whatever I might tell you today can change tomorrow. Okay. Um, well, then, but you know, and then there's also the issue uh, for people who have large retirement accounts and they're over the age for required minimum distributions. Uh, in other words, when you're, if you turn 70 and a half before January 1st, 2020, then you have to take out your required minimum distributions on an annual basis. Uh, if you were born and you were, uh, and your birthday, you were not 70 and a half. Uh, as of January 1st, 2020, then um, the age for required minimum distributions is at 72. Uh, so now why do I tell you that? Uh, because a lot of people always ask me about, oh my goodness, I, ha- I can't believe I have to pay tax on my IRA. Well, that's what it was for. The whole idea was to save, to let your money grow tax-deferred, right. to mean tax-free. Right. So, uh, so at, you do have to take out. But let's say you wanted to do charitable planning. Let's say you have a favorite charity, whether it's a church or or a just a, something like the Alzheimer's Association, whose walk is on November sixth. So I hope that people will join us. Join Michael's marchers. <laughs> uh, they uh, for the uh, walk for to raise funds and awareness for uh, eliminating Alzheimer's disease made progress this last year, as you know, with the Sure did. And we're just hoping to continue to march on mm-hmm. and get a cure uh, in our lifetime. Great. So, yeah. So, um, 
having said that, a lot of times people want to make, uh, they don't want to pay tax, and yet if they are charitably inclined, you could make that, let's say, whether it's a tithing or whether it's just a, a gift to your favorite charity, uh, you could have it directly taken from that IRA uh, and to the, whatever the required minimum distribution is, to the charity, not to yourself first, mm-hmm. directly to the charity, and you would not have to be, it would not be uh, subject to income tax. Good. Up to $100,000. Okay. okay. So that's some little a bit of the basic uh, type things. There's lifetime, uh, you can have all this different type of uh, giving. You just have to be know about, uh, A, what the general tax laws are, but there's also other issues. Um, the other issues are public benefits. So even though um, even though uh, you could make these different gifts uh, under the under the gift tax laws, so there's income tax laws, gift tax laws, and then there's public benefits laws. And public benefits laws do not necessarily mesh with the tax laws. So, for example, for Medicaid. Uh, the, under the rules, an IRA in Texas. I'm only talking about Texas uh, because the laws on concerning Medicaid differ from state to state. So in Texas, if you have an IRA and you had a required minimum distribution, uh, in other words, you're either over 70 and a half or perhaps over 72 now or whatever, uh, well, it couldn't be. It's either you probably have to be over 70 and a half by making the RMDs. Uh, in Texas, if you had um, uh, an IRA and you made requirement distributions, it doesn't count as an asset. Now, remember, for Medicaid, you have to have limited resources. So let's say you had uh, somebody who was single. Uh, for Medicaid, you can only have $2,000 of what they call countable resources. A home doesn't count. Pre-need funeral doesn't count. car doesn't count. And I've just told you now, an IRA, if you've made required minimum distributions, doesn't count. Well, last year, but during you know the height of the pandemic, not that we haven't had a lot of issues this year, uh, but last year they changed the law where you didn't have to make a required minimum distribution. But that was for tax law purposes. If, if you didn't make that required minimum distribution, you applied for Medicaid, they said, we don't care that you didn't have to for IRS rules. Under our rules, you do have to make a distribution oh. for it to not count. Hmm. So, you, if, so if somebody was, let's say, in a, a nursing home uh, and applied for Medicaid to help pay for long-term care, the rules regarding gifting is different than those of the Internal Revenue Service. Hmm. So, you, so, in other words... Uh, under Medicaid laws, not only did you have to make that required minimum distribution, if you made that $15,000 gift, which it didn't, was not even any reporting to the IRS, that has nothing to do with Medicaid because Medicaid is means-tested. In other words, if you gave away that same $15,000 uh, that you didn't have to report to the IRS, if you had made that $15,000 within five years and you applied for long-term care, say you went into a nursing home, Medicaid, the presumption is you reduced your assets on purpose so that the government would help pay for care cost. So, And they divide it by the average cost of care, at least here in Texas, which is about $7,100 a month right now. 
a little over $7,100 is the divisor that they use if you make a gift within five years. In other words, the government presumes that because Medicaid is means-tested, that if you made a gift within five years, you did it on purpose so the government would help pay for care costs. Most people don't have long-term care insurance, so a lot of times they look to see how can they get governmental assistance to pay for care. So, so a lot of times we use gift planning in connection with that. All right. So, so you see that the Internal Revenue Code, whether it's making a distribution from an IRA or uh, uh, even if you had, um, uh, you know, made this uh, uh, gift to a child because it was Christmas time and you gave them $15,000, although that you wouldn't have had to report to the IRS if you had a stroke four years later, the presumption would be that you did it on purpose to get eligible for Medicaid. Yeah. You should have known you would have going to have that stroke four years later. Now you can revoke yeah, right. the presumption. <laughs> right. Revoke the presumption, but let's say you had made a large gift to a charitable organization, but you didn't do it on a regular basis. In other words, this wasn't a tithing. If you give a tithing, by the way, for Medicaid, you just show the records from the church, mm-hmm. and then that's okay. But if it, let's say you had a large gift, and then uh, you know you then you applied for. Um, Medicaid. Um, well, the presumption is guilt. You have to rebut the presumption. Yeah. So, you know, as we've talked about on shows before, I always say that uh, seniors have less rights than terrorists. Mm. Uh, if you're a terrorist and you kill people, uh, then the presumption is that you are innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. However, if I gave some large amount to a charity, and four years later I had a stroke, the presumption is you are guilty. And in other words, you'll have ineligibility for Medicaid because the presumption is you did it on purpose to mm-hmm. get eligibility because it's means-tested. Yeah, you get on I-75 or 635, I call them by the numbers, not by the names, Stemmons, um, LBJ, etc., and you go past the speed limit. Well, did you do it because you didn't know what the speed limit was, or you did it intentionally because you were speeding. Whichever the case, it sounds like the government doesn't care, and you're going to have to verify. And if you don't prove that uh, you are innocent or you didn't do anything wrong, yes, then you're going to have to pay the price. So I understand why the government is doing that. Uh, It is the sins of our predecessors that we have to live with, and therefore it's understandable. And what's also understandable, as you said, is that each state is different. It's not just a matter of what the federal law is, but what does the state that you live in also require? Yeah, there. You know, there are gift. Uh, there are taxes, uh, notwithstanding the income tax laws and notwithstanding mm-hmm. the Medicaid laws. The rules are different from state to state. So some states have state estate taxes and perhaps state gift taxes. We're lucky right. in Texas that we just follow the uh, federal rules, so we don't have to worry so much. Uh, unless you're going to be moving to a different state, uh, but the here we're kind of very it's, it's it's a little bit simpler. We don't have to have the state income tax, the state tax, the state estate tax. If you move to California, there probably is a breathing tax. I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> they, right. They get you every way you want. Every way it's really true. Yeah. That's why Elon Musk, I think the uh, guy who discovered or founded Tesla, moved to Texas or is moving to Texas. Right. Uh, unbelievable. Well, there's a lot. There's so much going on. So many variables when it comes to gifting and the transfer of pl- uh, transfer planning. And this is what Michael specializes in. And this is why 
you should attend his next online workshop, which is Tuesday, November the 9th at 1 o'clock. Michael's been doing these workshops for years, hundreds and hundreds of them, and it's a free uh, two-hour workshop that allows you to ask questions about anything, whether it's transfer planning, gifting, Medicare, Medicaid, capital gains, the new tax bill that uh, the government is trying to establish, et cetera, et cetera. And um, in order to sign up for that, uh, you simply have to go online to Michael's website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or call him at 214 to sign up for that online via Zoom estate planning essentials workshop. And Michael, tell them what goes on at those workshops. Well, we ask people, what, what do you want to know? Uh, most people ask about wills and trust and powers of attorney or about Medicaid or sometimes about veterans' benefits. Uh, uh, so it, it could be all sorts of different things, and it ranges uh, from every every workshop's different, so you never know what questions that people ask. And for the two hours, of free, no obligation. We will have a presentation as well so that people have an understanding of the basics, kind of like... Uh, you know, a lot of people ask about, well, should I have a will, should I have a trust, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but there's a lot of times there are specific questions that people have in mind, particularly about, let's say, Medicaid that we've kind of talked about a little bit today. And um, so we just kind of go with the flow and see what the questions are and answer those questions over the two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop. Uh, and and then if they, if they're, if you want more questions answered, we give the people, only the people who go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, another one hour free, what we call vision meeting, to go over your specifics in more detail. Again, it's free. There's no obligation. If, if you just want to hear whatever the answers might be and know what the situation might be better uh, taken care of, if that if there is a better situation. If it's fine, we just tell you that too. Uh, whatever it is, it's free. It's no obligation. You know, if We might just part as friends, and that's okay. We just want to be able to answer your questions, and it's so you basically get three free hours of legal education uh, as we come upon Christmas. Uh, it's always good to have something free. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So the bottom line is we try to answer those questions to take care of not only yourself and your loved ones should you become disabled or you should die. Again, all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is to call that number, 214 214- Seven two zero zero one zero two two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online as you indicated at DallasElderLawyer dot com. DallasElderLawyer dot com. Excellent. Let me, uh, Michael. We got about three minutes left. What are the lessons and warnings regarding transfer planning, gifting, and Medicaid? Well, you know, for Medicaid, I should say that there's different things, it's different strategies that I didn't go over, and I need to do mm-hmm. that really briefly. Okay. Uh, the, You know, I talked about the half a loaf. So let's say you had $102,000. Uh, let's say that you, one of the theories is to give away half of the money. Normally, if you give away assets, they divide by the average cost of care, which is $7,100 mm-hmm. a month, approximately. So let's say that... Um, I gave, let's say I had zero income, the cost of a facility of $7,100. I gave away, uh, let's say, $71,000 as opposed to having that being 10 months of eligibility, $7,100 to $71,000. And 
and instead of uh, you buy if you buy an annuity with the other half. So in other words, um, there's a certain type of annuity that doesn't count for Medicaid. It's just an income stream. So you pay the nursing home with the annuity income stream where the annuity expires at the same time as the transfer penalty. So in other words, you save half the money. And generally, since people have Social Security or a pension, uh, you actually save more than 50%. So we actually do a calculation to save the money. Some people, if it's a small amount, you give it away because you have to be below $2,000 if you're single. So if somebody gave, uh, let's say on Halloween, X amount to get below the $2,000 limit, sometimes if it's a small amount, you give it away because the penalty doesn't start until you are below 2000 on the first day of the month at 12.01 a.m., uh, and then you use the gifted funds to pay the nursing home. That's another way of being the half a loaf, uh, or maybe considered a reverse half a loaf, Got because it. you saved half the money at least. Okay. Uh, I should also mention real briefly, if you're planning in advance, there's a way to do a trust to transfer money without losing the step-up in basis and without it being a gift tax at all, no reporting, and it will not count for Medicaid after five years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so there's, it gets to be, we would go over this at the workshop, mm-hmm. uh, generally, if people ask questions about it. Uh, and uh, so I hope that some people will join us at that time. Uh, again, that's uh, on November 9th, as you mentioned before. All you have to do is sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Or call 214 720 In the meantime, I hope that some of y'all will join us for the Alzheimer's Walk on November the 6th. Join Michael's Marchers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But in in any event, to help that cause as well. So, um, yes, that's it, since I think we're probably low on time. But Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate uh, all that y'all, KAAM, has done, uh, as well uh, as you and your dad individually, to support the Alzheimer's Association, so uh, I, should, I would be remiss if I did not indicate that as the walk is upon us. Well, thank you. You don't have to say that, and it's our pleasure to be giving to such a worthy cause and to try to uh, basically stamp out it, such an insidious disease, not just for the victims, but for the caregivers, too. I have learned over the years uh, what a brutal um, experience it is for them, however long it lasts. So we're glad to help, and especially Michael's marchers, and the Alzheimer's Walk, which, again, is on November the 6th. Our time is up. Michael Cohen, we thank you for the education today, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows And did it Leading estate planner, practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.